Welcome to the Well Grand Rapids Message of the Week. We hope you are encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Max Johnson. Thanks. Woo. Have a seat if you want. Stand back up. <laughs> feel like God's doing something deep this morning. <sighs> Hi, Mom. My mom, my, my, my natural mom's here, my spiritual mom's here, my aunt is here, my sister's here, my best friend's here, my mother-in-law's here. Everybody else is getting offended that I don't mention them. So. <laughs> My other sister is here. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I got like four different directions that I can feel like I might go. So we're going to find out how this comes out together. Why don't we just, why don't we ask Jesus for help again? Just for my sake. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm not joking. <laughs> so, Father, I thank you for what you want to do. Holy Spirit, thank you for your perfect leadership. Thank you for your wisdom and your understanding that increases us from the inside out that we can point more and more people to Jesus. Amen. I heard a word uh, Tuesday that someone shared, and it popped back into my mind in worship, so I'm going to start there. um, Katie Driesinga started prophesying, and she shared a picture that she saw of a road, a wall that people were walking in. And um, I think, is Katie in here? My recollection was there's a group of people walking on a road, and as they were walking, the road or the wall was narrowing, getting smaller and smaller. Some people were falling off. Um, But what I saw in worship today was the people that were on the wall actually had to squeeze closer together. Um, And it's what I kind of feel like is the core of what I feel this morning is that God is causing us and wanting us in the well and in the church globally to actually draw closer to one another. Um, I think, I believe that the outpouring of the Spirit and the, the wave of you know, salvations and revival and whatever your stream in the church might call it, the movement of God on the earth, it's gonna require us to be strongly knit together in a way that I don't, I don't think many are. I actually think that what I've, I'm starting to inherit uh, in our life, my wife and I, and with friends that we're running closely with, I don't, I don't know anyone else that has it. And so it's not like, I, I don't think that we're elite or better, but I do think we're forerunners. I do think that God is allowing us as leaders to inherit something that he wants to multiply throughout the entire body. And it's what I'm starting to hear and to call covenant family, family revival fires. Is, and I don't mean like, campfires where you just have to sit around the campfire and that's the only place that God is moving but the the structure the wineskin that I believe is holding the move of God in our generation 
is covenant relationships within the church where we're actually gathered together, we're committed to one another, not because we're theologically the same. You know, some of us baptize at birth, some do it in our church, we, we believe in something different, but it can still run with you. Some of us fully dunk, some sprinkle, some believe that, you know, if you have the Holy Ghost, that means you speak in tongues. I personally believe if you have the Holy Ghost, it means you'll die for Jesus. I don't care if you agree. It's great if you think tongues is the mark. I'm, I'm all for it. But we need to learn how to actually honor and value one another and appreciate the differences in one another and the necessity that we have for each other if we're going to be a part of the wave, the waves of glory, the, the revivals. We are seeing miracles in our midst that I dreamed of. I'm like so encouraged to see a hundred people get up in a room and pray for a dead lady. I didn't get to party last week with you guys, so I'm here to party again. She got up. It's amazing. And it's, it's uncommon. And so I, f I believe that the road is narrowing, and yes, we're losing some, but we're keeping Jesus. He's keeping me, <laughs> you know, and we're getting to see more and more. And uh, what I also thought about in worship was the things that tend to bug me in other people, like somebody that struggles with um, love of money or greed, they don't irritate me at all, to be honest. I, I feel bad for them. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a bummer way to live, but doesn't irritate me a bit. And I, I think it's because I don't have that in me. I don't have greed. I don't have the love of money. But um, people that struggle with self-promotion or wanting recognition drive me nuts. And it's because it's in me. It's because I, I, still, whew, I still feel this need to have my name attached to the things that God does. I'm sorry if this is too honest. I, I've been feeling it more and more. You know, so, it's like somebody shares a testimony. Hey, did you hear so, blah, 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 blah? And you were the one that prophesied the word and they don't say they, that you said it. <laughs> so I'm telling the Lord, I'm like, this bugs me. Like I, you know, not all the time, but it's like an area. It's something, there's still something in there that I'm dealing with. I'm rolling around with Jesus and, and uh, I can't fix it. And you can't fix it for me. <laughs> but I know he will in his time and as I keep just spending time with him, he'll, I don't know if it's, it doesn't really matter to me. It's just spend time with Jesus and that stuff works itself out. So what I'm trying to say is the things that bug you and other people are probably the things that you have an issue with. And I think recognizing that will give us grace for one another where we stop pointing judgment and ah, and start going, man, why does that bug me so much? Why don't I have the love of Jesus for that? So we're still talking about spiritual gifts and, and uh, I was daydreaming about So I, I feel this issue where, 
you know when we start praying the I want more of you, God? What's that song? Set a fire in my soul. I want more of you, God. What? That's the name of it? Some of you are wondering why I'm not on the worship team, and I understand. <laughs> I, too, wonder sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We wait for the day they're not here, so Apostle Kathy and I can lead. Just me and a guitar, trying my best. <laughs> Clear the room. Not in the good way. Not like... <laughs> So I've been thinking about more of God, and we all want it. Like, I want it. I want more of God. I want more of Jesus. I want more of his glory, his power, his influence, his kingdom operating through my life. But what I found, like, this tickle in the back of my head, I've been wondering, like, what do you think that's going to look like? How do we as a community think more of God is going to happen? And what does 10 years from now or six months from now look like when we have more? And I do believe there's more. You know, it says that, the, that he... Jesus, I think it's Isaiah, it talks about him entering the room and the train of his robe filled the temple. The Hebrew actually says the train of his robe kept continually filling the temple. It's, it's an infinite robe. The thing just keeps coming and keeps coming. The increase of his government will know no end until it covers the, the entire earth. And, but I'm wondering, I've been finding myself wondering, what's that going to look like? And what I feel the Lord saying is, son, it's not going to look like more church. And what I mean by that is we say I want more and it's like, okay, well, we'll pray for more people at church. We'll see more miracles here. We'll see more healings here. We'll prophesy more accurately. Maybe we'll do it at our small groups. I only need one person to agree with me and I know I have it, so I'm gonna keep pushing. It's like, God, I want more, but what does that mean? And what I feel the Lord saying, it came out on, a t on Tuesday night in prayer, was that the Lord wants to unchurch us. And as we start to ask God for more, more influence, more power, more of the lordship of Jesus being manifested through our life, I, I'm being honest with you, I'm trying to ask God, what is that going to look like? And I think we have models where we've seen like, oh, it's about you know, marketplace ministry and and it's about praying for the sick at your workplace and prophesying at work, and I believe in that. But I actually am starting to think there's more. There's another full expression of the gospel through all of our lives, and so I've been asking God to show me these different gifts on how do they actually operate and how can they connect in different areas of our life. And what came to mind, I wanted to share these, were Administration is one gift that's listed, uh, I think it's in Romans 12. And I've been thinking of administration and how actually Apostle Kathy is somebody that models it um, the most in my life that, I, that I've experienced. And what she has modeled for me, how I think of the gift of administration, which I, I do not have. Anybody that's known me for more than 10 years knows that's not me, like planning and orchestrating and stuff, I just can't do it, but now I can because I've received a gift, is an ability to structure my lifestyle where I don't need a vacation. <laughs> I'm not like going from run, run, run to burnout to seven naps to run, run, run to burnout I'm not saying I won't take a vacation, I will. My wife and I sat down yesterday and dreamed about what's in our heart and number one was a trip for just she and I. Yeah. 
but I'm saying I don't need one. And it's, it's a wisdom, it's not just what to do, it's how to think about life that she carries, how to think about family, how to think about ministry, how to think about uh, work, how to think about what does it look like to be faithful to God with all that he has entrusted to me. And so I am in that area in administration, I believe I'm living in a miracle. I got four kids, learning how to pastor, running a business, staying married, like... It's not more than a lot, but it's a lot. And it's way more than I could have handled five years ago, two years ago. Like, I'm very aware it is a miracle in my life. This is not some natural trait that I learned picking it up from friends. Like, oh, well, you did it this way, so I'll try it, and now it works. It's a grace that has come that is not my gift. And I'm going to keep talking about these. It's, I think we're called to mix gifts. And as we live in covenant, as we live in commitment to one another, where we're not conveniently fellowshipping with one another, we're actually engaged life on life, your gift can actually become my gift. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a a ministry setting, but when we do ministry line stuff, I've noticed it a lot where depending on who I'm standing with and ministering with, I'll actually start to function out of their gift. I don't, I, I'm sorry I can't show it to you in the Bible, but it's a real thing where I'll watch this prophetic thing come on me and I'll say one word and I'm like, that never happens when it's just me, <laughs> you know? And I think that there's a corporate blending. Like I, I shared last time, we're like chili where we mix and it's part of when we just come together, but I think we're actually called to share gifts with one another. And you're not, we're not gonna get it conveniently. We're gonna get it through aggressively and intentionally frustratingly, um, inconveniently affecting one another. So my mom is another one. I, I wasn't remembering you were going to be here, but I'm so glad you're here, mom, to honor you. My mom has a gift of helps. And what that looks like to me is she can serve you in such a way where you feel like you did her a favor. Like, she'll give you and watch your kids all night and then go home and you're like, you're welcome, mom. (laughs) Glad I could help you out. It's a real gift. It's a gift of helps. It's a supernatural gift of helps. That one's in Romans as well. And it's ability to not just do, like I think sometimes Christians think the gift of helps is like the busybodies of the church that do a bunch of stuff. And I mean, I don't buy, that's fine if it's lots of activity. I actually think it's the way in which we help. (laughs) 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 Okay, there's something on that. (laughs) Have you ever ever had somebody help you with something and you can tell they don't really want to be there? You know, they're raking your yard and you feel like you have to apologize to them. Like, I'm sorry you're here. You could have said no. (laughs) You know, it's a supernatural gift of helps. It's not less than miracles. Amen, Max. The supernatural gift of helps is not below a gift of miracles. It says that prophecy is the greatest gift because it edifies all, not because it's cooler and flashier. It's the effect of prophecy edifies everyone. 
when Jamie Galloway called our family out and said, I, I see a spirit of acquisition on you and you're going to buy businesses and all this stuff's going to happen. That was cool for me. It edified the body because we know he doesn't know. And the whole room goes, God knows everything about us. That's why prophecy is the best. It has the ability to edify everyone in the room. The gift of helps doesn't do that. Oh, that is really helpful for me. And dishonor on some of the gifts of the Spirit is costing everyone. A lack of value. A lack of value for the gifts of the Spirit that are flowing through your neighbor, the person sitting next to you. And I don't think any of us intended to do this. I, I know I didn't. It's just easy to like Lamborghinis and not have a value for the minivan that gets family to soccer practice. And I don't know if that's a good analogy, but you know what I'm saying? Like the flashy, spectacular, like, oh, that's awesome. But it's like, yeah, but you can't get your kid to soccer practice in a Lamborghini. You know? Man, I am encouraging myself. Matthew and Rachel have a gift of faith. Um, they started a business two weeks before Abigail was born. And I would not own, I wouldn't own SNC if I wasn't connected to their life. I never would have reached in. I never would have allowed the, not allowed the dream. I never would have said yes to it. I didn't have faith for it. I'm a lot more comfortable doing the nine to five. You know, it's all going to be okay because somebody else is in charge thing. And so I'm thankful for that. Their gift is attached to my life. My wife, Thea, has a gift of wisdom a supernatural gift of wisdom. And it comes out primarily in what she wants, which is interesting to me. The desires of her heart are actually wisdom for our family. Most of us wouldn't, in, in charismatic Pentecostal shakababa room, we wouldn't call it, we wouldn't call that okay, but it's her desires. It's what does she want? And I'm, I'm learning, I haven't arrived, but I'm learning to actually really trust the desires of her heart. She doesn't come out and say, thus saith the Lord. He gave me a dream and then I spoke in tongues for 10 hours and I spilled oil all over the wall and then this is what we're supposed to do, you know. <laughs> she says, I really want this. I don't know why. I just want it. And it's the gift of heaven from our family. It is really good. And I feel like, I just feel like I want to repent like a, as a community where we have so uh, just missed the presence of God. It, wisdom is, a, is God. It's not, <laughs> you know, I'm so sick of seeing like flash mob Christianity. Like somebody got healed this week and then six days go by and nobody gets healed. I'm like, where are you, God? <laughs> He's everywhere. And he's functioning in really awesome ways. And I feel like we need our eyes of our understanding to expand to see all that he is doing. We would be the most encouraged people on the planet if we could see everything God's doing. Mm. So I've been thinking about purebred dogs. I'm going to go back for a minute. Miracles. 
I would say, I'm, I'm looking to friends, probably miracles or healing is what I'm told by the people closest to me that they think of as a main gift. Yes? So I don't think of myself that way, but I'm looking to the people that know me. I didn't get that gift from me either. I got that gift from my, my friend Paul. I started working at a painting company and uh, I would go paint and Paul and Daniel would tell miracle testimonies for like seven or eight hours a day. I saw blind eyes open, deaf ears heard, this kid that didn't have a toe, the toe came back, the leg grew out. The, I mean, they, they had stories where they actually, um, they would actually go into um, strip clubs and they would minister, they, they would talk to their, the people that were going in, they would say, do you struggle with lust or do you have victory? No, I've got victory. Okay, let's go. And they would go into these strip clubs and they would minister to the women, to the security guards, to the owners. They had security guards quit their jobs, drop all their drugs on the street, give their life to Jesus. They had multiple women leave on the spot, get right with God. Do you know why they, why they said they left? It wasn't the prophetic words. It was, I'd never talked to a man who only looked me in the eyes. <laughs> So I would go to work and I would listen to these stories and I would come home and I would tell Thea, I'd be like, I don't know who, who, what Jesus we're following, but I think it's the wrong one. You know, as our Jesus doesn't do anything. I've been going to church for like a decade. I've never seen him do a thing. And I would cry. I would say, God, I want it. If it's a gift, if this is who you are, I want it. And I got it from somebody else. I'm trying to say, like, the core things that I'm operating in are not mine. It's stuff I got from friends. I didn't get it directly from Jesus. I inherited it through relationship with a brother or sister in the Lord. So why would you operate in only your gift when I believe the entirety of Jesus is available? The fullness of Christ is available. And I think it's where God is, is leading our community to actually become interdependent. So purebred dogs. Do you know that purebred dogs, golden retrievers like KFC, KCC, what's it called? AKC, dogs. They tend to get cancer. Uh, they die young. Uh, they have hip issues. I know golden retrievers do because we've had some growing up. They all have hip issues. Uh, that and I'm just talking golden retrievers because that's what I know, but I believe it's common through all purebreds, they have health issues that mutts don't have. So this is a daydream I've been having. And I've been thinking about genetics and why is that. I'm not a scientist, but here's my science lesson. I know there's genes and there's active and recessive, dominant and recessive genes, right? Does anybody know science? No one. One, thank you. We need scientists, God. I think they're going to cure cancer. I mean, if you're interested in science, you should lean heavily into it. We need you to take the Holy Ghost into these realms and start fixing problems. So there's dominant and recessive genes, right? You, for a recessive gene to show up, you need mom and dad that both have it. Yes, awesome. 
that's what happens in purebreds. They have hidden issues that aren't seen until they're only intimate with people that are like them. Mm-hmm. Jake got it. You can walk through life with hidden, hidden cracks in your foundation, hidden stuff you don't know is there. You might not even say, you know, people might not even say you have it. But if you're only intimate in life with people that are like you, that thing, I believe, will start to, it'll bear in your life. It's actually mixed breeds. It's mutts that cause health and strength to come to the body. And so what, it, what happens when Christians, when Pentecostals only hang out with Pentecostals? I mean, I, there's lots of stories, right? You get weird. And we need to mix. We need in our community. I'm finding it's one of the miracles that's happening at my work is it's I'm, the, I'm probably the weird Pentecostal guy and I partnered up with one of the previous owners um, who's in his late 60s and he's from a Baptist church. Like straight, the word is the word. Read the word, let the word say what the word says. You don't need anything else. And we mix and we're watching salvations and healings and stuff happen in our workplace. And I'm convinced it's not because of me. I'm convinced we're, we're I'm experiencing, I'm inheriting a, a form of mixing graces that actually creates health for the people. The Lord wants to unchurch us, and it's not more, it's not better church that's going to come. It's the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdom of our God. Thank you. It's not better church. It's the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdom of our God. I believe that I'm trying to paint a picture of I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can, you know how you can see, but you can't see? We prophesy in part. I'm doing my part. This is my part. You, you guys got to be friends with each other and figure out what this looks like. Actually start mixing graces, sharing life in an inconvenient, unconventional way than what you're used to. And stop isolating your recessive genes. But show somebody. You know, I'm terrible with money. I'm always, I'm always in lack. I'm always in debt, and I'm, I'm awful at it. You know the person, when you're bad with money, the person you want to talk to the least is the guy who's really good with money? Do you know who you need the most? <laughs> right? Mark 4, verse 26 says... Then he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who throws seed on the ground and he goes to bed at night and gets up every day. And in the meantime, the seed sprouts and grows. How it does this, he does not know. The earth produces crop by itself. First the blade, then the head of the grain, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop, excuse me, ripens, he immediately puts in the sickle to reap because the time for harvest has come. I'm going to go back. Not, it's not about money. It's the stuff you suck at. Because we all do. Um, Thea and I, she's gone. She's okay with us. I would say I'm, I have watched increase come to every area of my life this year in an exponential way. 
except for my marriage. It's the area that I'm not waiting on, like, woe is me, but it's the area that we're still, we're still growing. We're still fighting about the same stuff, not knowing why we're fighting about the same stuff. Um, knowing that we don't know what we need to get out of the same stuff. Um, and the people that I, you know, I kept thinking of um, Sung Woo and I, I, I look at your marriage, your life, and I'm like, there's something on you guys. There's something like, I see joy, like you guys play catch with joy back and forth. And I see it, and I need it. Like, I'm going to your small group because I'm supposed to be a pastor at the church. Thank you. I, yes, I catch it. <laughs> I'm supposed to be going to your small group because I'm a pastor, but I'm going because I want what's on your family. And I'm, I'm recognizing that there's these breakthroughs that people carry that I can take it. And it's through honor. It's the next, you know, honor's the next thing we think we might be talking about, so I don't mean to jump ahead, but it's like actually in humility recognizing I suck at stuff. I do not have all the answers. I do not know what I have need of. If I did, I would just do it. I'm not trying to ruin this area of my life. <laughs> you know, nobody, none of us are. We all want great, happy Jesus lives, but... I can't do it, but I can through the gift that he's put in people around me. Yeah. Mark 4 says, the dude sows the seed, he goes to bed, the seed grows and he doesn't know how it grows. This is the thing that stood out. He, you don't know how it grows. And I've been meditating on, if we know how increase is coming, it's probably not the kingdom. So if you can explain to me how you got from A to B or your plan to take you, does anybody know what I'm trying to say? I don't have language for it. There is a mystery to the increase that comes through. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to get what's on their life, but I know he did it to them. I know he did it for them. So if he did it for them, I know it's for me. I have no idea how I'm going to get it. I'm going to honor probably going to buy you stuff because that's what honor part of what honor looks like you guys are laughing but you got to show it like rake a yard I'll show up and build a chicken coop if I have the time and the ability it's done thank you lord because I don't have the time <laughs> but it looks like something like you actually take your broken life and just throw it into somebody else's where you're not there to take I am there to take. It's very secretive. You come and I actually want to offer. I want to sow into the thing I'm believing God for. How can I sow? How can I invest my life into the thing that I have need for? I don't know if that's how it grows, but that's me saying I don't know how it grows. That's how the kingdom grows, is I just love you more. <laughs> if I just love you more, I'm bigger. I don't know how it works. But a lot of you are stuck in cycles that you can't get out of because you've refused to say you don't know what you need and your insecurity has kept you from the people that have what you have need of. 
I wish I could. <laughs> Something about insecurity. Trust Jesus. What, you're, this is not a performance thing. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is not, I'm, I'm not proving anything. I am the beloved son of God. I'm a beloved son of God. He gets the. Jesus is the beloved son of God. I am a beloved son. And John 17 says, he loves me just like he loves him. It doesn't matter that I'm broken. It doesn't matter that I don't have all the answers, that I have weak places. I am loved and I know that and so I can show you my broken stuff. It can say I have need. I don't mind telling a room. Our marriage, pray for us. If you, if you see me being in, oh, if you see me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the closest I've ever gotten to cussing on stage. If you see me being mean. <laughs> um, where I think this is going to take us, this is... I believe there's an authority that's going to come where the desires of our heart become what we see happen in the earth. As we're yielded, as we grow into his image, he said, ask anything you want and I'll do it. And I think Peter tapped into it while Jesus, before Jesus' crucifixion. You know the story where Jesus is walking on the water and they're all terrified? They think he's a ghost and then he says, it's me. And Peter says, hey, if it's you, tell me to walk and come to you. That was Peter's idea. That was something that came out of the heart of Peter. Hey, if you really are who you say you are, I want to walk too. That wasn't something Jesus said you have to do. That wasn't heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out devils. That was, I want to walk on water, man. I, and I think it's part of what let Peter be the guy. It's recorded. Peter's walking and his shadow heals people. How do you think he got that? Uh, oh my God. I think he asked for it. And if you look in Acts, if you look at the way that the early church operated, they had very different opinions about things. And they would meet and they would argue and they would fight about what they thought needed to happen. And eventually they all got on board and they followed the anointing. They followed the voice. Because when you've heard the voice, you can hear it, even if it's somebody that disagrees with you. When you've heard his voice, you can recognize it in someone, even if they disagree with you. And so they would make decisions as a church that I think unlocked something where they knew if I ask, it'll be given to me. And it's why we're not seeing that yet. You know, you see measures of it. I, I think there is a glory and a power that God wants to release to the church that we've seen, but it says that the latter state will be greater than the former. So we've seen it, but we haven't seen what he wants to give yet. There's more. And the more doesn't look like this. It's not Sundays. It's it's your campfires, it's your living rooms, it's the phone calls in brokenness, it's the rejoicing and celebration, it's 
I want to walk on water and I've never seen anybody do it. I've never even seen anybody ask for it. I just watched a video Katie sent of this family that gives a million dollars away a month. Do you know why they say their testimony is because they asked for it? They asked. They got together. They said, this is going to be our salary. We're going to set it right here. If we start making a ton of money, our salary is going to stay the same. And they started asking God for a million dollars a month. It has nothing to do with the money. It has everything to do with the desire of the church. He said, ask anything that you want. He actually wants us to want stuff. And some of you are bored because you haven't allowed yourself in freedom to want something. Now, I will encourage you with, when you let that stuff out, all, good, all kinds of stuff are going to come out. You're going to find out, like I am, you want recognition. You want your name attached to the glory of God. You want people to say, look, you did it. And you get to repent for that. And I get to sit at the feet of Jesus and confess and say, this is in my heart and I don't want it there because what I really, really want is for you to be glorified, Jesus. What I really, really want is for you to be seen and I feel this need to be recognized. And I'm asking that you would do anything you need to do to get rid of it. And I tell people, my friends, I got this thing. (laughs) Pray for me. But I'm gonna start seeing God do stuff that I ask him to do. I'm convinced. I'm his wife, is what the Bible says. And good husbands give their wives what they want. I could say it again for all the men. Amen. All right, I got... I got another thing. Is that okay? Um, Who said yes? Thank you. Thank you, Heather. I shall continue. (laughs) I don't know how to do this I feel like God wants to bring us into freedom and it has to do with the desires of your heart and it has to do with Jeremiah 18 it says the word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah from the Lord arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will make you hear my words Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will make you hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and saw that he was working at the wheel, but the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled by the potter's hand. So he made it over. Reworking it and making it into another pot that seemed good to him. But the vessel that he was making... From clay was spoiled by the potter's hand, so he made it over and reworking it and making it into another pot that seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, says the Lord. Look carefully as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. 
Um, I feel like there are people in the room that were in the potter's hand and you got marred or spoiled, this translation says. Something happened, a crack, a fault, a broken place came and your life, you got shredded. I mean, has anybody ever worked on a potter's wheel before? What you do is you put more water on it. It gets cracked, it, you know, goes off place. You don't throw the clay away. You don't disregard it. Your brokenness doesn't make you disregarded. What you do is you get reworked, you get reformed with the same original stuff that was in this hand beforehand. He just puts a little water on it and starts over. And I feel like God wants to give permission to some people this morning to be reworked. So all I know how to do is to offer what I'm hearing. So if it's you, I'd ask that you would stand and I'm going to pray. Because it's not something that I can, we can talk ourselves into. It's something God has to do. It's you are in his hand. You know, we think sometimes brokenness and pain comes because like God left or we left God or we missed it or we walked out of his hand. It's not true. You, you can get jacked up in his hand. I don't know how to explain it in my theology. I don't think it's God's will. I don't think he causes any of it. I think it happens, and I think he's the perfect potter, and he reworks us, and he makes us into another pot that seemed good to him. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would come and do what you want to do. God, that we would give you permission to rework us. We say we trust you. We trust your hand. We trust you with our broken places. We trust you with our, our fault lines, our cracks. I feel like um, we're supposed to receive in grace. This is me being just honest. I'm wait, I was, you know, I'm waiting to see like people start wailing or <laughs> what's God gonna do. Here's what I feel like. There is a grace this morning to actually bring your broken places to people. I see us sitting around in trusted conversations, in trusted relationships, opening up about the stuff that is broken. And it's, it's not about us trusting the person we're opening up to. It's not about, I'm not bringing my brokenness to you so that you can fix it. I'm exposing my brokenness to the body of Christ because I trust Jesus. And I know that he has hidden things inside of my brothers and my sisters, my friends, that I need. And so, Lord, I thank you for this grace. We receive it as a community. God, we receive this grace by faith 
And I thank you for the bonfires. I thank you for the opportunities to not just be, woe is me, my life sucks, but to be, here's, here's where I'm really at. And I actually have massive hope that God has everything I have need of. And I'm looking, we are looking to you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would make us a community of people that are knit together by covenant bonds. That, that what you have given the leadership here, that it would multiply. That it wouldn't be, uh, hmm. just let it multiply, God. Let more and more of your children know what it's like to trust you with every part of our lives. God, I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for where you're taking us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.